0: The Strategic Leader Podcast, episode number 238. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. I am so grateful that you've joined us for this episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. My name is Brian Holmes, and let me just say, if this is your first time, welcome. If you are a regular listener to the program, we are super excited to have you in this wonderful community of leaders. Hey, we're in the process of transitioning our program to a new and upgraded format and feel, and while we're transitioning, I've decided to highlight some of our most impactful episodes so far. If you're ready to take your life and leadership to the next level, then I am sure this episode is going to make a huge difference in your life. Let's get focused, let's get engaged, and let's go all in right now. Well, I want to begin today with a quote by Dr. Mike Murdoch. He said this Tired eyes rarely see a good future, and a tired mind rarely makes good decisions. Tired eyes rarely see a good future, and a tired mind rarely makes good decisions. One of the most damning traits of the western culture is an obsession with being busy. I've never seen anything like it in my 48 almost 49 years. I can't remember a time when the culture as a whole is completely obsessed with perpetual activity. Standing in line at the grocery store, standing in line at Chipotle, my favorite favorite restaurant standing in line or sitting at the table or going out to eat or whatever you're doing, you're going to find people doing something. If they're standing still, they're going to be on their computers, on their iPads, God knows, on their phones. It's just like we, we are compelled to have our hands and our minds and our hearts and our fingers in motion all the time. And I believe there is a f- very false supposition That so many people have bought into that if you're not busy doing something, then you're not valuable. It's messed up. We see this in the work environment. We see it in churches. Oh, yeah. We see it in families. We certainly see it in the education system. It is a mindset of work, work, work. Go, go, go. Do, do, do. It's a constant compelling towards motion and work and doing and performing. What's interesting to note is that in the United States of America, there's a staggering percentage of people who experience depression, clinical depression, hypertension, all kinds of sickness and disease and other challenges. And we know definitively that all of this is tied to stress, anxiety, fear, just all the things that go with this lifestyle that has been made so common. Now, I'm going to tell you, this podcast is not about getting enough sleep, and I think that's important. It's not about relaxation techniques or meditation techniques, and those things are important and valuable and very much something that I believe in and I believe you should practice. But this podcast is about rest, real rest. It's about living from a place of stillness and quiet even when there's chaos going on all around you. This podcast is going to be about intentionally living your life. We call it strategic living. And in doing so, making time for clearing out all of the stuff and being recentered and refocused in the rest, in the rest, that God himself has called us to. This episode, we're talking about Practicing the principle of rest. I want to make this disclaimer right up front. I have not mastered the practice of rest. But I will tell you without any hesitation that I am practicing the principle of rest. In other words, I have committed my heart and my life, I've committed to the Lord and to my wife, to my family, that I will make a conscious effort every day to stay in the place that I call rest. We're going to talk about it. You see, when you're consumed with doing, And going and working and performing. It's very difficult to enjoy the benefits of simply being. Now I realize, and and just I can hear it now, you know, well, Brian, you got to do work. You got to get up every day and go do the job, and you got to get a paycheck, and you got to, you got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. I know uh, that. A man, a woman, a family must get up and go to work. The Bible even says if a man's not willing to work, he shouldn't eat. And God knows I want to eat. I realize we all have to work. But what I want to challenge today is this mindset that says if I am not crazy, over the top busy, then I must not be going anywhere in life. If I'm not out of control, overwhelmed, too many things on my plate, then I must not be doing anything of value. And I know you might not have consciously had that thought, but I would suspect and I would be willing to bet that in the unconscious realms of your mind, in that deep, deep place which is the hard drive of your heart where your belief systems are held, there is a value that is held there that's been conditioned and programmed in over time that somehow the busyness and the... The scope of work that you're involved in every day, the the thousand and one things that you can tick off of your to do list today, somehow that equates to you being a person of greater value. This constant need of, of motion, this incessant drive to always be engaged doing something, the persistent compulsion to have something in your hands, something to do, something to watch, something to talk about, something to write some work to do. This incredible addiction that we have toward performance. I believe it's time that we address it because I truly believe this is not the life that God's called us to in the kingdom. I believe that after the cross, we were invited into a place called rest. Yeah, we still got to get up and do some work. Yes, we got to do some things. We got to go about doing the things that God has given us to do. Jesus even said, I must be about the works of him who sent me. Jesus got up, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he did the deal. He, he went various places and did various things. He taught crowds of people. He did certain things, no question about it. But I believe that he lived a lifestyle and a mindset of rest. We live in a culture that demands our attention. There are literally thousands upon thousands of voices and inputs that are constantly vying for our focus. There's always something. There's a billboard. There's a commercial. There's a radio ad. There's a a TV program. There is a phone call. There's a text. There's an email. You know, you've got mail. There's all these things always pinging us to draw us out of rest and keep us engaged in the works mindset. There's very little room in our lives for for real quiet, for real reflection, for real introspection, for real communion with our creator. There's there's just no room for it. We are literally stuck in a mode that I like to call striving or if you want to be technical, strife. Strife is this contentious place where we are always grinding it out and working hard and doing the deal and exhausting ourselves and making sure that something's in motion. It's striving to make things happen, Happen always pushing for the next level, always trying to impress someone, always performing for recognition, always reaching for someone else's awareness. We are conditioned from a very early age, ladies and gentlemen, to perform for the approval of others. Think about that little child that you know look at me, look at me, daddy, look at me, look at me, look what I can do, And, and then we take the time to watch that child and we watch them perform and we give them accolades for performance and we are literally training them. If you'll perform, you'll get recognition. We are conditioned from a very early age to seek the approval of others. We are conditioned from a very young age to look for acceptance and accolades from the people that are in our world. We are unconsciously obsessed with meeting the expectations that people around us have. And by the way, these people, in the end, in all honesty, they are not invested in our success or our destiny. Now, they may love us. They may care deeply for us. Some, some family members may be willing to take a bullet for us. But the truth is, is that if our mindset is performance-oriented, and work oriented. If we if we're relying on their approval to validate our worth and our value, then we are out of order. You see when you associate your worth or your value with the work that you do, then you are condemning yourself to a life of work related approval. Think about it. You're condemning yourself to a state of striving. You're always going to be striving because If your worth and value is tied to the work you do, you'll always have to work to have value. Is it not enough just to have value in being? Is it not enough just to have value because God, your creator, your heavenly father said this is who you are? Living in rest means abandoning striving. It means resting in God's grace for each day. It means getting up every day and not sensing that I have to go out and do anything that day to gain anybody's approval or recognition. It means I may be going out and and working towards completing a list of tasks or duties or things that I need to get done, but I'm not doing it out of the motivation that I need that for recognition or approval. Living in rest means ceasing to perform To the expectations of others and living to perform only for one living to perform only those things that God's given us to do you know about a year ago a little less than a year ago I was spending some time with some friends uh, at a ranch down in the central part of Texas and I I remember being out by myself one day most of the day actually we were out uh, we just decided that day to spend time alone just with our our <laughs> me myself and I and of course with with God and you know I had really hoped that day to to gain understanding about some specific things regarding my future regarding some business plans regarding some things regarding our ministry uh, I I wanted to specifically get sort of a blueprint actually a download of this blueprint uh, so I would know okay I'm going to go home and do this this and this. Well, that day, that didn't happen. Now, I will tell you that on that day, I had an amazing time with the Lord. I had incredible things that I believe he spoke to my heart about about me, about my value, about my worth, about some, some other things that were going on in my world. But I didn't get the download. So that night, I'm, I'm back at the lodge, and I'm telling all my, my friends about, man, today, this is what I got. This is what I received. This is what I heard God say. And and I'm just reciting this back to them and talking to them about it, and I'm excited, and they're excited, and they're they're like, "Man, that's awesome, incredible!" And then I I finish the <laughs> my my incredible story with a butt. Now, can I tell you that our biggest problem is our butts? <laughs> that's right. I hope you'll quote me on that. Our biggest problem is we always add a butt on the end of. Of whatever it is that we've received we can be blessed we can be walking in great favor we can have all kinds of prosperity and and contracts and new business and and whatever's going on that's good but there's always this this tag on the end that's like but i wish blank 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 and that's what i did that day and there's a a incredible friend that i hope to get to introduce you to one day his name is rich and Rich literally stepped up to me like he was going to confront me and get in my face. He literally got in my face, like maybe a foot from my nose. And he said, dude, what is your problem? I said, what do you mean? What is my problem? He says, you just sat here and told us in great detail, with great passion, this encounter you had today and the things you heard and the, the good and the, the blessing that came out of today, and then you have the audacity to come right behind that and make it, you just tossed everything you said that was good under the bus because it wasn't enough. You didn't get what you wanted. And then he said this to me. He said, I want to know something. Why can't today just be enough? Why can't you just, here's the word, why can't you just rest content and trusting in what it is that you heard and received today? knowing." That if God gave you that today, then tomorrow, he's a faithful father. He's going to give you tomorrow what you need tomorrow. I have to tell you, I was deeply, deeply moved by this confrontation. In fact, I, I became very emotional because I realized in that moment that I had literally dismissed, flushed everything that was good from that day. And I was already going into another day worried about what I didn't get. That's not living in rest. That's not practicing the principle of just rest. What am I saying? What I'm saying to you is today is enough. Whatever you have today, it's enough. Tomorrow is another day. Bible says that his mercies are new every single morning. Yet we spend our time working and trying to make things happen and trying to manipulate and force and and create and manufacture, when if we could just learn to walk in rest, to live in rest, then I really believe we would learn what it looks like to have a daily provision waiting for us every day when we said, okay, what are we doing today, God? It's a great scripture in Matthew. It says, what man by worrying can add one inch to a stature or one year to it, one day to his life. That The truth is we are constantly bringing tomorrow's clouds into today's sunshine. We are always bringing tomorrow's concerns into the rest and the peace that we have right now. And my thing is be present with where you are today and enjoy that. Don't allow yourself to borrow stress from tomorrow. Learn what it means to practice the principle of rest. I want to read you a psalm that I believe is just incredible. And a part of this you've heard before. In fact, here's the part of the verse I'm sure you've heard. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. So I want to share with you the value of being still It's a part of rest. Being still is a part of rest. And we have a hard time in our culture. We are ADDHD on crack, okay? Everybody's got a diagnosis. Everybody's taking meds. Everybody, I mean, whether you are or not, figuratively speaking, everybody has attention deficit disorder. We can't just be still for a moment and, and just rest. But there is a value to being still, and that scripture is in Psalm 46. But let me read it to you from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. It's a very literal translation of the words, be still. Here's what it says. It says, cease striving and know that I am God. <laughs> I like it. Cease striving. Stop striving. Stop trying to make things happen. Stop always trying to force it. Stop trying to, to work your way into something. Stop trying to perform Cease striving. And that's when you're going to find me. That's when you're going to really know me, he says. And he goes on to say in the passage, he says, and I will be exalted among the nations. If we want to see God in our nation again, which, by the way, we sure need to do that. Uh, If we want to see that, then we have to start by being still and getting to know him in a place of stillness, which means don't strive. Can I tell you what? If you're striving, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, there's no grace to do what you're trying to do. I don't know if you caught that or not. As soon as we move out of trusting him and walking in faith, which, by the way, faith is is us walking uh, without seeing what it is we're going to be doing tomorrow. Faith is, is that thing. It's tangible. It's, it's the belief in something, but something that we can't see yet. But as soon as I step out of faith and I begin to strive and try to make things happen and work my way into something, as soon as I do, I have abandoned the grace that goes with the assignment. He says, I'll be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And then he says, think about that. Cease striving and know that I am God. There is incredible value in being still. Being still and being quiet allows us to regroup. I want you to write some of these down. Being still and being quiet allows us to recenter, to reconnect with the one, capital O, the one who holds our entire world in his hands. Being still allows me to declutter. It just allows me to to decompress and just kind of let the air out of the whole thing and take some pressure off. Being still allows me to hear his voice and to know his plans. You can't do that when you're going at 1,000 miles an hour with gusts up to 2,000. You have to, you have to take time to be still. and That's when you can hear his voice and know his plans. Being still positions me for change. It, it sets me up for healthy transition. Being still and being quiet allows my mind and my heart to find peace, to find confidence that I need, to find courage I need to go forward being still allows me to reboot. What do you mean reboot? Well, you know, if you've ever done any work on a computer, if you have 8 or 10 applications open on a machine, then the more applications you have processing at one time, you've got you've got a lot of drag, a lot of demand on the the memory and the processing speed and capacity of that machine and sometimes you just got to close some applications down and get them off of your desktop i don't mean just like minimize them i'm talking see we here's a great metaphor we minimize applications in our life we don't just shut them down and sometimes you got to shut them down so that you can regain some processing speed but here's the piece occasionally there's so many things happening in the background of the computer that the only way to get the machine working again and working to its full capacity is to shut the whole machine down, to reboot it completely and allow it to resynchronize and reset. And this being still thing is about rebooting. It's about getting in a position, getting in a mindset, getting in a framework where your mind and your heart can be rebooted and reset and you can see things differently, hear things differently. Very important. The last thing I want to mention to you today just before we wrap this up is practicing Sabbath. The part of practicing Sabbath Rest is the discipline of Sabbath. Now Sabbath uh, is is different for different people, and I I'm not going to get into the, the, the minutiae of what that looks like, but I will say this, Sabbath is really rest. And one of the things that that I have been working on is being very intentional and very consistent and also accountable in the area of taking Sabbath. Now, I'm not trying to say to you that Sabbath has to be on a Sunday or a Saturday or a Friday to a Saturday or whatever. My personal belief, this is just me, I'm not trying to be a theologian here. My personal belief is is that in the New Covenant, Sabbath is any day that I choose to be with the Lord and just rest. Sabbath is just Sabbath. But I'll tell you, in the last couple of years, I've been diligent to, to mark one day a week on my calendar where there's no computer time. There's no work. There's no internet. There's no emails. There's no texting. I might have my phone on so I can have the kids contact me if necessary, but but it's a day that I unplug from responsibilities and from duties and from the need to perform and get things done. It's just a day where I want to clear my mind, be with my family, and be with my Lord. And I believe it's critical that we do that. And let me take it to another level. Not only could it be one day a week, and I believe it should be, but also you can take Sabbath seasons like uh, my wife and I have committed to each other. We're still working on this. I told you we're we're not perfect at this yet, but we're trying once a quarter just to get away for two or three days and just be quiet and be still. Nothing to do. Just sit on the dead gum porch and look at the river going by or the lake and just relax and and be still and just let the process of decompression be a blessing in our life. That's Sabbath. I know I have some great friends of mine who are. Practicing Sabbath on a much higher level than I am. They're, they're taking an entire month, a year, one consistent 30-day period and just going away. No computers, no phones, no anything. Just uh, that that's a level that I, I've not even dreamed of attaining to yet. But I think it's valuable. Practice Sabbath. You know what's interesting? In the account of creation, we see that on the seventh day, God rested. God, what does he need to rest for? I believe he was showing us a principle because there's value in rest on the seventh day. God rested. in the gospels. You see on numerous occasions that Jesus would do miracles and he would teach and he would instruct and he would be in the streets talking to people and and ministering to people and doing what he was there to do. But then he would withdraw himself and he would go away to rest. Did it all the time. It was a practice of his. It was not just a random a couple times in three and a half years. no, It was a practice. He would withdraw himself, go away to regroup, to reboot, and to receive. Jesus went away to rest. Hey, he instructed his disciples to separate themselves from the noise, from the crowd, and from their busy, crazy schedule and all the demands they had on them. He said, I want you to separate yourself from that group of people and come away and rest. I want to share with you a passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to give you 12 benefits to practicing the principle of rest. This is powerful to me. Hebrews chapter four, verse nine to 16. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. That's new covenant. He's saying, now there was a Sabbath in the old covenant, but there's a Sabbath over here too. Now watch this. For the one who has entered his rest, his capital H, that's God's rest. For the one who has entered God's rest, has himself also rested from his works as God did from his works. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall. Do you see that? Our willingness to enter into rest is a prerequisite and an antidote to falling and failing and, and stubbing our toes. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. This is all about Sabbath rest. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, still talking about Sabbath rest, but all things are open and laid bare to his eyes of him with whom we have to do. Uh-huh. Verse 14, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Our, our high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, totally gets exhaustion, stress, anxiety. He was so subjected to it, but he chose to practice rest but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, verse 16, it comes right back around to Sabbath rest. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What we need is mercy and grace. What we need is help when we're up against difficult things. But what, Positions us to have the mercy, have the grace, have the help we need, the clarity we need, the wisdom we need, is whether or not we've taken time to enter into rest. Practicing Sabbath, practicing rest, positions us to receive mercy and grace. I want to share with you just 12 benefits to practicing the principle of rest. Number one, it allows you to repair. If there are broken down places and there are fractured things in you, the, the best and quickest way for you to find repair and healing is to get away and rest. Number two, it allows you to reboot. We've talked about that. It allows you to completely reset the entire hard drive. Number three, it allows you to be renewed what do you mean renewed? I'm talking primarily about your mind because we know that in order not to get sucked into the vortex of world's thinking and messed up expectations, the Bible commands us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And so rest, getting into a place of rest, allows that renewal process to carry itself out. Number four, rest allows you to receive. It, it places you in a docile quiet place where as a container you can be opened up and poured into. You can be filled up again. Let me tell you what. How many people do you know that are running on empty? Entering into rest and living in rest allows you to receive and, and always be being filled up. Number five, rest allows you to rebuild, to rebuild. Sometimes you got to get away and and. Put your your thing on the the factory table again, the workman's table, and allow yourself to go to go down for a few a few hours, a few days, a few weeks even, so that parts can be replaced, and upgrades can be made, and new software can be downloaded. Sometimes we need to be rebuilt from the ground up, but rest allows you to rebuild. Number six. Rest allows you to see more clearly. When you get into a place of quiet, a place of stillness, a place of rest, it's amazing how much more clearly you can see the path that's before you. You can see plans. You can see ideas. You can you can step more clearly into what it is God has for you. Number seven, it allows you to hear God's voice more clearly. Think about this. You ever been in a noisy restaurant trying to carry on a conversation? I mean, we, we typically find ourselves almost screaming at each other at the table in a noisy restaurant because there's so much noise, ambient noise in the room that we're competing. Our attention, our mind, our brain is competing for the attention that we want to give the person sitting across the table from us. When you get to a place of still and quiet and rest, it's amazing how clear God's voice is. Let me just tell you this. God is always speaking to you. It's not a matter of whether he's speaking. It's a matter of whether you're hearing And being in a place of rest gives you that ability. Number eight, it provides you with confidence to draw close to him. We see that in the passage we just read in Hebrews. Number nine, it provides you with peace that is not comprehensible. What do I mean by that? Well, it's peace that passes understanding. That simply means that when we get into a place of rest, that means we're abiding in him and he's abiding in us and there's no strain or stress or striving going on. Uh, we are. We now have accessed peace that is of a heavenly nature. You, you can't explain it, but you can walk out, even in chaotic situations, you can walk those places out with great peace. Number 10, it, it provides us freedom from the expectations of others. Listen, this has been the, one of the biggest benefits I've realized is that once I decided to walk my life out in rest, in rest, it's positional, in rest, The the need to perform for people's expectations literally melted away. Number 11, rest allows you to release more of your creativity and potential. Some of my greatest ideas and most creative moments and some of the potential that that I know is in me, it's amazing how how it bubbles to the surface when I am in a place, in a mindset, or even in a location where I'm able to, to clear the clutter and rest. Last but not least, number 12. Practicing the discipline and the principle of rest shifts our focus from what we can do to what God, our creator, can do when we're walking with him in rest. I want to leave you with a few questions today. Are you tired? Are you just tired? Are you burned out? Are you just wiped out, frustrated? Do you feel like you're living your life to please everybody else? but you sense that you're not really accomplishing the things that are important to you as it relates to your purpose? Are you stressed and anxious about your tomorrow? Uh, are, you, are you tripping over, over what you don't know? Do you feel as though you have to perform in order to be accepted, to be loved, to be approved of by God or by others? Well, if you said yes to any of those questions, I want to tell you today, there's one way that I know You can be relieved of the stress, the strain, the burned out, the the frustration, the, the need to please, all of those things, and that is you can draw close to him with confidence and you can enter into the rest of God that is available to you. I want to encourage you, I really want to encourage you today, practice the principle of rest. Well, thank you for joining us for this special edition episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. I trust that you are deeply impacted as we discuss meaningful topics on how to grow your life and your leadership and, of course, your influence. You can find the show notes for this episode at brianholmes.com, and we're reminding you that for the next couple of weeks, maybe months, we're going to be bringing you some of our very Best podcast content. We don't want you to miss any of those, so tune in each week and we'll continue to bring you wonderful, wonderful content. Hey, we're busy behind the scenes around here updating and upgrading our website, upgrading our podcast, and preparing to launch some really awesome projects. And we're, well, you know, we're looking to the next chapter in our own lives with our work, with our companies. And uh, we want to encourage you to engage with transition. It's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. You just have to walk it out. So if you're discontent, engage it. If you're in the process of disconnecting, engage it. If you're looking right now and searching for what's next in your life, engage it. Because the next chapter, the next realm, the next level is going to be awesome. Awesome. Well, last thing I want to encourage you to do, subscribe to our weekly email updates and do share this episode with your friends on social media. Let everyone know what you're engaging with here at BrianHolmes.com. We would greatly appreciate that. Until next time, we love you. We bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.